In a world where movies are abundant, but podcasts are, well, well, podcasts are also abundant, comes another podcast about movies. You're listening to Stop Talking During Movies. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 21 of Stop Talking During Movies. I'm your host, the rapper, currently and formerly known as Sick SYQ, and I am going today, I am going to rank the top 10 non-new movies that I watched last year. So the criteria, there's two criteria, I had to have watched it for the first time last year, um, otherwise my list would just be a bunch of my favorite movies of all time, like for instance I watched Midsummer, like for the third or fourth time last year, uh, Inglorious Bastards, I probably watched Hateful Eight four times last year. Probably not. It's an exaggeration. I watched 1917 again. Um, I, you know, I watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, for a second time just to see how my thoughts changed from the first time. So I'm not including those movies. These movies I've only seen one or I, I had watched for the first time last year. And these movies cannot, the second criteria is these movies cannot be from the year 2020. I will be doing my top 10 from 2020 on another episode <clears throat> might bring my wife in for that one uh she did the episode last year with me for a top 10 from 2019 the problem is we have not watched that many 2020 movies well i've watched um you know i've watched more than her but she hasn't watched a lot of them she has been opting out of watching these newer movies uh, a lot of them i don't know they're just not up her alley so and it's just, you know, COVID, it's just harder. Like, we used to go out to the theater once or twice a month, at least. And now we don't do that at all. I think I've been to the theater like four times this year. Something like that. So, it cuts down on her and I watching brand new movies. We watch old movies together. Older movies, or movies just outside of 2020. But I've just noticed there's not a lot of, you know, really good 2020 movies out. But, <clears throat> maybe there is, I don't know. But this is the top 10 movies that I watched last year, non-2020. I've said too much already. All right, the number 10, and like I said, I don't know if I said this, but I talked about a lot of these movies on past episodes of the podcast, so I probably won't spend too much time on them. I think all but two I talked on previous, talked about on previous episodes. Um, I also have an also-ran list here that's eight. I have eight other movies that almost, you know, they're a lot of these are toss-ups. It's, it's like, I don't know um, where they would you know, place. I think my top two are firmly there. Um, and my number one, you know, yeah, my number one is just, I think a little bit, it's like kind of head and shoulders above the rest, but they're all really good movies. All of these movies I would consider great movies. That's four out of five stars at least. All right. So I've said too much. Um, all right. The 10th best movie that I watched last year, non new movie from last year is a movie from 2016. Yeah. 2016 directed by Mike Mills. It's a 20th century women. And I know I talked about this on a past episode of the podcast. Stars Annette Bening, uh, Ella Fanning, Greta Gerwig. Um, this is a movie about a mother, an older mother. She's, I think she's probably, I mean, she's in her 50s for sure, but she's raising a young child in the 70s. And she's out of touch with the, the you know, the, the life that's going on at that time. She wants to raise her boy to be a good man, but she doesn't really know what that means uh, in, t in the modern world of the time. She's kind of behind the times a little bit. She's old school. And 
her kid, you know, he's just kind of acting the way that a young child would act. I think he's like 14, something like that. Uh, if he had an older mother, a single mother, and he's surrounded by, you know, people like he, there's a, a girl um, played by Ella Fanning that is constantly coming into his room and sleeping with him, but not having sex or just sleeping next to each other. And she's fairly promiscuous and he really likes her, uh, but he, I, I honestly, I'm not, I can't remember exactly if he really likes her, but I know that he definitely likes her. Um, but he doesn't know how to initiate, you know, anything with her. He's, you know, there's just a lot of boundaries being broken in this movie all over the place. Boundaries being broken all over the place. And, um, Annette Benning's character, Doretha, Dorothy, Dorothy, Doretha, yeah, that's how you say it. Um, she is trying to provide some sort of structure for this little boy and it's, you know, she's just coming up against roadblock against roadblock. The problem I had with this movie, I really love this movie, um, and because it, it just, it sucks you into it. it it's, uh, it's just immersive. And I really love Doretha's, Doro, Dorothea. I really loved Annette Benning's character. And pretty much that's the only character that I loved in the movie. Probably the only character character that I liked. The other characters, the actors did a great job portraying these characters, but I just didn't like anybody else in the movie. So I think I could have lo really loved this movie had some of the other characters been a little bit more likable for me. But I really related and liked Annette Benning's character and didn't like anybody else. And I don't think that was the point. That wasn't what the... Uh, the movie was intending to convey, I don't think. Um, but yeah, I, I really did like this movie a lot. Um, it's it's beautifully crafted, very much worth watching. I recommended it to my mom. She said she liked it. I think she had a little bit different feelings on it than I did in terms of the main character. I think I might be in the min minority. I th if you've seen this movie, um, you got you got to let me know. Um, stdmpodcast uh, at gmail.com hit me up there or Facebook or whatever just send me a message if you felt the same way about that because I feel like everybody I talked to about this movie that's seen it they don't really feel like that they kind of didn't like her character that much they related more to the younger people in the movie but man I was just very turned off by them I just didn't like them but it might be stuff that I'm going through too raising uh, teenagers so maybe that's part of it all right Number nine movie that I watched, uh, this movie I liked uh, I liked quite a bit. Um, this movie is from 2014 called Calvary. Calvary is directed by John Michael McDonough, uh, starring uh, Brendan Gleeson, Chris O'Dowd. Um, uh, Brendan Gleeson's son is in here. Uh, what's his name? Domino Gleeson. Um... Kelly Riley, there's a bunch of people in here. Really interesting characters, um, fun characters, um, great dialogue, like smart dialogue. I feel like this movie is, if I had to say anything about this movie, it's a smart satire about... Uh, so the main story is, um, it opens up with a in a confessional booth, and the and uh, there's a priest played by Donald, or not Donald Gleason, Brendan Gleason. And he's uh, taking confession, and the person in the booth says that he is going to kill Brennan Gleason's character. Let me get his name, because I just don't want to keep calling him Brennan Gleason's character. Uh, Father James Lavelle. <clears throat> he says he's going to kill him, 
within a week's time. And the reason for this is because he was molested as a child and he wants to repay that molestation um, that was uh, done upon him by a priest. He wants to repay that to the Catholic Church by taking out an innocent priest, not a guilty priest, uh, but an innocent priest. And Brennan Gleeson is that innocent priest. And we spend the movie with Brennan Gleeson. I keep saying that. With, uh, yeah, Brendan Gleeson's character, Father James Lavelle, and he's going around his small town talking to different people, and he knows who the person that said he's going to kill him is, but we don't know as the audience, because we never see the face of the person in the booth. Very cool, interesting premise that sets up the movie. I really liked it. Um, and we just follow that character around, and, that, and there's really smart conversations that happen with this character and, and the other people around the town. Everybody hates him. Um, even though he's a good man, which, and they, they hate him because he's, sta he's a stand in for the Catholic church. They hate the Catholic church. It's kind of a critique of that. It's a satire. Um, and you really feel for this, this, uh, this priest. I, I did. I really like this movie. I, it's very, I love the premise and it was very well executed. Um, very good ending. Just, just a really good movie. Um, uh, uh, really good movie. Great movie. Um, if I had to nitpick it, I think I said this in the last episode, it dragged a bit in some small parts, but it was very rare and it did seem a little bit cartoonish at some points, but I shouldn't even mention that because this is a great movie all around. Very, very, very good movie. I think it, people should see this movie. It's sad that it's such a, um, relatively unknown movie. All right. The number eight movie that I watched finally caught up with this one. Really liked this one. Uh, also a great movie for me. And I know this is probably, if you're hearing this and, and you uh, you hear the rest of the movies on my list, you'll probably think that this movie, I think the majority of people will think this movie should be number one on my list. I did really like this movie. I'll just tell you what the movie is, then we'll talk about it. The Big Lebowski from 1998. Yes, I love this movie, but I think I watched this movie. Uh, when did it come out? 98. I watched this movie 20 years too late um, because I did find it funny. I did um, like it quite a bit. I thought it was very well told. The story was very interesting. It's a unique movie. It was told in a... You know, I mean, it's just it's just Coen Brothers um, at their best. I mean, this is just a great movie all around. However, I mean, I don't, I don't even know. I don't, I don't know if I even have any nitpicks with it. It's just I didn't absolutely love it um, the way I thought I was going to, one, and then also the way that I know that a lot of other people do. I did really like it. I laughed a lot, a lot more than, um, honestly, it kind of surprised me. I was just laughing throughout. It was, and what also surprised me, I think I talked, yeah, I did talk about this on another episode, but my wife li laughed quite a bit and this is not her. Well, if you, going into this movie, I would not have expected this to be her type of humor, but we both really enjoyed this movie. I really like this movie. So the big Lebowski, glad I finally caught up with that. And I, <clears throat> I'm going to quit saying I talked about this on other episodes because I've already established that, but I, um, <sighs> the hell was I going to say? I lost my goddamn train of thought. I don't know. If I think about it, I'll come back to it. But yeah, really like the big Lebowski. Um, great movie. All right. Um, the number seven movie that I watched is from 2013. This is a small movie. Um, very much impressed with this movie. Uh, this movie is called Locke, directed by Stephen Knight from 2013. 
it's very sh it's a short small movie and it's very restrictive it's a, um, a restricted narrative very much so we basically stay stay with the character played by Tom Hardy Ivan Locke a character you will not forget a very very memorable character um, and we're basically with him the entire movie inside of his car and he's having to deal with multiple dilemmas going on at once and it is so goddamn impressive that this movie is able to make you care about everything that's going on inside of this car and in the world that Ivan Locke inhabits by uh, with the restriction of we're going to basically be in the car with this man for the entire movie. It is so goddamn impressive. And I really loved that aspect of this movie. I think um, it's possible I could rewatch this movie and just love it even more. It could be higher on this list. I could rank it, rate it higher. Um, I have it four out of five stars right now. Um, but that remains to be seen if I'm ever going to go watch it again. That That's kind of one of the... I think that is a factor in, in what a, what makes a movie great. Do you want to go back and rewatch it? Are you amped up to go back and rewatch it? Um, and I don't know if I am with this movie, but I definitely am glad I watched the movie. So yeah, Ivan Locke... Or uh, <laughs> Ivan Locke, Locke, uh, my number seven. Number six. This one, I don't believe I have talked about on this podcast. So, um, and this one, I'm... I don't know. I In some small way, I'm embarrassed, but not really. Because I really loved, from 2013, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Hi, how can I help you today? Hi, I can't seem to leave a wink for someone. Okay, uh, I'm looking at your profile. You left a lot of this stuff blank. Well, I haven't really been anywhere noteworthy or mentionable. Have you, have you done anything? Noteworthy, We have ahead of us the privilege of publishing the very last issue of Life magazine. Jumping up and down the floor. And for the final issue, we just received negative 25 from Sean O'Connell for the cover. It's 25. It's not there. I know. Look what I found! What's that? Travel journal dad gave me. The sun was an okay guy. Hey. They had a hey. How was your weekend? Had an awesome weekend. The ice, Jace. She moves like a woman. I'd like to climb your hair. Oh, wow. What is it you call it when he goes into one of his little places? Oh, zoned out. You do that now and then. What's the matter? I lost a picture of it. I like mysteries. You should go. Crack the case. You were Shaw's partner. He finishes work. The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, directed by one Ben Stiller, starring one Ben Stiller. Kristen Wiggs in here, Sean Penn, Adam Scott, uh, Patton Oswalt, Catherine Hahn. I really love this movie. Um, very shocked. So I watched this movie, um, and then I immediately, not immediately, but after I went to look how it was reviewed, because I was like, God, I remember hearing about this movie, but not hearing much about it. Um, and then I saw how it was reviewed and its reception and all that. And I, this might be the, one of the biggest shocks for me to see a disparity on, in how I felt about the movie and then how I see other people respond to it. Um, really shocking to me. I knew very, very little about this movie going in. 
but I really love this movie. I think it's very um, well well crafted. It's a unique movie, similar to kind of like Forrest Gump. It's uh, fantastical. Um, a lot of like interesting. What would it be? Devices or storytelling methods in this movie. Sorry, sorry about that. Um, I I really liked a lot about this movie. So it's about a man that's kind of lost in life, really doesn't have um, a purpose. He feels like he's not uh, making much about uh, much of himself. That he's not living his, you know, how he wants to live, and and he just doesn't take the chances he wants to cha- ta- uh, take. He's constantly filled with regret. He has this like altered or uh, alternate life that he lives in his head where it's just, you know, his uh, desires and his fantasies and he plays them out in his head and then he never does any of that stuff. And I very much relate to that uh, living up in your head uh, type of person because I am that type of person. I live up in my head a lot. I'm not quite like, you know, I try to do a lot of the things that I want to do more than this character, but I really related to it. I really loved it. Um and I really bought the love interest as well. I mean, it wasn't profound or anything like that, but I really bought the love story. Um, it's also a similar movie to Birdman, too. I, it was similar to Birdman. Uh, maybe not necessarily in tone, but just the style of movie, how they take these over-the-top fantastical fantasy uh, scenes and interweave them with um, the real life, the mundane or whatever. And it's not even mundane, but there's there's just some really beautiful things in this movie that I, that I you know, I'm going to remember forever. There's, it's just really good. I, I cannot believe that this movie, um, is reviewed the way it is. I mean, there's a scene where Ben Stiller, uh, I don't even want to describe it. I was going to describe it earlier, but then I was like, I'm not going to do it justice, but there's just a lot of really great scenes in this movie. Um, I don't know. Very odd to me that this is uh, reviewed so poorly, but I really love the secret life of Walter Mitty. Um, this is another one that I could see myself going back and re- and rewatching and then even liking it more than I do. All right, number five uh, on my list. I've talked about this one. I like I said, stop saying that shit. Probably talked about all these. This movie I watched uh, last year. It came it came out in twenty seventeen. It's a movie by S. Craig Zoller called Brawl in Cell Block ninety nine. This movie is fucking fantastic. Um, it's, uh, I talked about this early on in the, episode. <laughs> I'm going to punch myself in the face. Um, but in an episode that I talked about this, we, ca- I called it the pit of hell because this movie isn't, it exemplifies that it's a, it's a journey down into the pit of hell. And we have, to, we watch, um, Vince Vaughn's character under, uh, undertake this journey into hell basically to not find necessarily salvation for himself, but find, um, or to not get revenge, but to save the one that he loves, his his uh, wife and his unborn baby. Um, it's just a it, it's just such a well crafted movie. It's so different. It's like, uh, and you know, if you've heard people talk about S. Craig Zoller, I, it's a common theme. He makes these '80s B movies that are just um, just not very well done, but he makes them how they're supposed to be made. He's perfected that style of movie. It's just very, very well crafted. It, it does not take, it does not do things that normal movies like this would do there. There's long, like for instance, none of this, none of this action, none of the descent into hell begins, even begins until 
I would say at least a third through the movie, um, maybe maybe more. We get a lot of dialogue scenes, a lot of uh, n- you get to know the characters. You're with the characters. You you um, you spend some time with them. There's not, <sighs> but but you're always compelled. You're always compelled by the movie even though there's not a lot of action or not a lot of um what i say just i don't know i'm not 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 selling this one very well but once the action and once the violence and the um the plot starts really getting getting to getting going getting going um it just takes this entire tone shift like it just changes completely and then it just becomes like a different movie Almost like uh, S. Craig Zoller's first uh, movie, Bone Tomahawk. It's almost like two genres or three genres blended in together, but it works so goddamn well. It works really well. Um, really love this movie. Vince Vaughn is like severely underrated. I think um, if you only know Vince Vaughn as a comedic actor, you should absolutely watch this movie. It will blow you the fuck away. Uh, Brawl and Cell Block 99. Love that movie. Number four on my list is... Another movie that I relate to personally because it's a small movie. It's something that I aspire to do. It's called Coherence from 2013, directed by James Ward uh, Burkett. Made this, I think he made this movie for $50,000. Very small budget movie, but I love the way it looks. It's very well acted. The story is interesting. It's, it's sci-fi. Uh, basically, let me just give you a real quick rundown of the story. A comet is flying over um, Earth, or it's flying near Earth, not over, near Earth, and when it does, we, hmm, how can I say this without giving too much away? A lot of crazy shit happens in this little house party that they have, that this, um, these people have going on. So they just have like a little get-together, like a dinner party. I said house party, and that just like puts an image in my mind of like kid and play uh, dancing and you got hip hop music and, um, TLC makes an appearance. Like that's not what's going on. This is like a dinner party with, um, somewhat pretentious and, uh, adults that you don't like at first. I didn't like a lot of these characters at the beginning. I almost shut this movie off because I was like, ah, these pretentious douchebags. I don't want to spend this much time with these people, but it gets like right away, like really quickly. It gets, um, very compelling. And I love that it was made for so cheap. And I love that, he, they they were able to accomplish what they were able to accomplish with such a limited budget and it's just it, it's just exemplifies the beauty of making movies i love it i love this movie so and and i don't want that to steer you wrong like this is not just a movie for movie lovers it is a very compelling story um and very much worth watching loved uh, coherence a number three movie that i watched is very similar to coherence in that it's a very small budget movie but this movie is even much smaller budget than that. Um, it's from 2004. It's called Primer. I've heard some people call it Primer, but I call it Primer. And it's a time travel movie. Very bizarre. Uh, not bizarre, but it's almost like a... If we... It's probably the most realistic time travel movie I've ever seen. Um, in, in, in the sense that if there is a probable mechanism or a probable way in which we could um, do time travel or make time travel possible... This is a very realistic version of that, um, uh, and 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 we just you're like kind of you're not spoon fed any of the information here. It's a complex movie. 
I heard it was very hard to understand. I heard it was, you know, very hard to follow, which it is. Um, and yeah, it, it is hard to follow, but you know, I, I feel like you can follow it. I followed it pretty well. Um, there were a few confusing parts that I had to think about after the movie. And I remember like thinking like, oh, I got to look up some of this stuff. Hold on. Let me think about it before I look it up because I wanted to make sure that I had it right in my head and that I could confirm whether I was right or wrong, not just kind of get the information, um, spewed at me, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I, it, I, but, and also, you know, with a caveat to that, and I think it did. Um, yeah, I, I studied physics in college and even, you know, so maybe I have like a different perspective. Uh, maybe it is a little bit more mind bending than I'm making it out to be. And maybe that confusion will annoy people, which I could totally understand because I think this movie is at times more confusing than it needs to be. And I think that might be a little bit of a crutch for this movie that it's kind of leaning on that confusing aspect to um, hide some of its flaws, perhaps. But it's it's still a great movie. This is an unforgettable movie. What they were able to do. It sounds like I'm just loving these small movies, and that's all it is. No, they they are able to really. They were able. Um, oh, sorry, I should say it's directed by um, Shane Carruth, who's a very He's a visionary director. He's he's very interesting. A very visionary story writer. Um, he's just an interesting, interesting guy, and he writes movies. He doesn't dumb down anything. He doesn't spoon feed it to anybody. He just he has his own vision. I I think I read somewhere that he doesn't. This might sound a little pretentious, and it probably is, but he I think he said he makes movies for not not for the people now. He makes movies that will be understood better with the passage of time or something like that with 500 years from now, he'll be more respected or some bullshit like that. And it is pretentious, but I think a lot of it is fairly valid because he does not, it's almost like he doesn't care about the audience. He cares about them in the sense that he wants to make a quality movie and he wants to uh, convey his vision, but he's not spoon feeding you what you you know, he's not giving you the sugar to bring you in. This is just, but, but it's such a great goddamn movie. It's unforgettable. I highly, 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 highly recommend this movie. Don't watch the trailer first. Just go into the movie. It's very, this one's low budget at like coherences, but coherence looks so much better than this movie. This movie does look bad at times. There's some really bad audio at times, but it, I don't think it distracts from it. Honestly, I think it take it it enhances it because it almost feels like we're watching a documentary about time travel. So it actually enhances the feel of like you're watching something profound. So maybe if this movie was more high budget, it might not be quite as great. Perhaps I don't know, but highly recommend this movie. All right, number the second best movie that I watched. I liked it a little bit more than Primer. I don't know if I liked it more, but I have to say this movie had a more profound effect on me than primer. Um, and this movie might be, you know, it might be one of my all time favorites as of now. It's not, I have to go back and rewatch it, but I, this movie just had a real impact on me. This movie is from 2018, um, directed by Lars von Trier, the house that Jack built. This is a movie about a serial killer. We follow the serial killer, um, through his multiple murders, and he's an evil fuck. He's a completely evil, sadistic human being. We see some very gruesome murders. Um, a lot of detail is shown. Um, it's a profoundly dark movie. 
And it might be, I can totally understand this being a little too dark for some people. It almost is too dark for me. There are movies that I will straight up admit I do not want to watch, and I probably won't appreciate them if I do watch them because they are so grisly. Um, and this movie, I could see that crossing a lot of people's lines. Um, damn near crossed mine. I think it might have crossed my line on, on one scene. But even with that scene in the movie, I still... This movie is just... It, it is the pinnacle of filmmaking. The art of filmmaking. It is just so outlandishly beautiful in the way, in the craft, the craft of the, the filmmaking here. Um, so far as I understand it, I mean, you know, what the, who the fuck am I? Um, I love film, but I, you know, maybe, maybe it's not, maybe it's shitty, but I, from what I can, uh, gather, this is just beautiful filmmaking. Um, and it just, inco it incorporates all aspects of filmmaking to, um, to make, like I don't know it's just, it's just in, it incorporates everything it takes chances there's a slideshow in the middle of this goddamn movie there's there's animation there's um you know there's cutaways to like crappy footage of um animals in in nature and and there's just so much going on in this movie it's it's uh, there's metaphors there's um there there's metaphors for art itself and relating that to uh, the art of, or not the art, but like serial killing, the the murder of innocent people, and and also like um, dictators and mass murderers, and how this is all forms of art in in a way. It's kind of a nihilistic, dark take on humanity. Um, and and then there's also like commentary on art itself, like filmmaking and storytelling, and how we're manipulated as an audience by these um you know filmmakers and and how they how they the tools they use to manipulate us and it's just so you know without sounding going overboard it's profound i think this movie is profound and it's it's dark it's profound it's supremely acted and crafted there are some you know i, I like I, I i think there might be like a fairly big plot hole in the movie um but, uh, you know, I'm not sure. And then there's also some bad choices, I think, where, you know, we get some really bad audio um, out of nowhere and really bad visuals. Like, it's very amateurish out of nowhere. And that kind of bumped me a bit. It kind of takes you out. Like, there, there's it's, it's near the end, too. So, like, everything's building up to something. And then you just get this thing that just, like, shouts at you. Like, you are watching a movie right now. This is crafted by human beings. This person is acting. You get that kind of stuff and it just throws you out of the, you know, the magic of the movies, you know. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's just and, you know, like I said, I could go back and rewatch this and it might be one of my all time favorites. There's just too much goddamn darkness in this movie. And I feel it's a little bit manipul. It's a little bit of manipulation and and uh, grotesque for the sake of being grotesque. But. The crazy thing about that is that's the point of the movie. The movie talks about that. That's what the movie is going for almost. And it's commenting on it. So it just kind of adds to its greatness. It's, it's such a great movie. Um, the house that Jack built, if you are, if you don't have, if your sensibilities like, so for this is how it goes. If you have seen the human centipede and you don't have a problem with it um, and it doesn't, you know, you're okay with watching shit like that. Um, then watch this movie. But if that kind of stuff just, you know, turns you off, you don't like it. Yes, yeah, it's probably not for you. 
it is a beautiful movie, but I totally get why somebody may not want to even subject themselves to this kind of crazy shit. I've seen it, and I don't know if I want to ever go back and rewatch it, but I cannot deny how great this movie is. But anyways, enough about that. The number one movie that I watched last year, this movie, I finally, finally got um, a chance to watch it. It's been very long since I've been meaning to watch it. From 1993, this movie is directed by Tony Scott, written by uh, Quentin Tarantino, True Romance. That will clear up the handful of shit on my question you've been asking yourself. We're going to have a little Q&A. And at the risk of sounding redundant, please make your answers genuine. You want to chest the field? No. I have a son, my own, about your boy's age. I can imagine how painful this must be for you. But Clarence, an habitual girlfriend of his, brought this all on themselves. I implore you not to go down that road with them. You can always take comfort in the fact you never had a choice. Look, I'd like to help you if I could, but I haven't seen Clarence. You see that? And smarts, doesn't it? And slammed in the nose. Fucks you all up. Get that pain shooting through your brain, your eyes fill up with water. That ain't any kind of fun. But what I have to offer you, that's as good as it's gonna get. And it won't ever get that good again. True romance. Um, this movie is... I mean, <laughs> the thing is, is now, if you know Tarantino, you watch a lot of Tarantino movies, you can just... You can see, you can just... You can smell, you can feel, you can taste Tarantino all over this goddamn movie. His his dialogue is just right there on the surface. It is a little bit distracting when you watch a scene out of context. You're like, yeah, that's just goddamn Tarantino talking right now. But um, this movie is so goddamn well-written. It's so well paced, um, which, you know, that that's not on uh, that wasn't a credit to Tarantino. That's a credit to Tony Scott, of all people, which I mean, Tony Scott is all over the place with uh, the movies, you know, some of his movies. He's he's done good movies. He's done crappy movies. He's done mediocre movies. Um, But this movie is just so well paced. It's so well acted. Um, it's just so rewatchable too. It's just a very fun movie. It pops. It just moves. You want to watch it. Like there's so many, there might be some of the all time great scenes in movie history. There, there's several in this movie that could fit that category for sure. Great scenes throughout this movie. Um, great characters. Um, just so rewatchable. Such a great movie. It's just, it just pops. Like this is, this is, um, great filmmaking at its highest. I mean, I just really love this movie. I love the way it's written. Love the characters. Yeah. I I don't know what else to say about it. It sucks because this is the best movie that I watched all of last year, but it's, you know, I, I can't say too much about it. Right. Maybe I can, but I just can't think of the words really love this movie. Highly, highly recommend, um, true romance. Honestly, my, you know, part of me, I kind of had low expectations in a way, which it's so strange because my I think my favorite decade of movies is the 1990s. When I look at my top, you know, when I look at the movies that I've rated five stars or above, I think I probably have 25 movies that that are five stars for me. 25 out of like 1,200 or something like that. Um, 
most, not most, but like a big chunk of those movies come from the 1990s. I love the 1990 movies. So the, the fact that I was kind of like skeptical of this movie, like, I don't know if I'll like it. Might not be for me. might be whatever. I think part of that's to do with the trailer. If you watch these old 90s trailers, they're just absolutely horrible. Pretty much trailers before, you know, the year 2000, you know, were just god awful. They were really bad. Um, and they just down, like they make the movies not look good at all. I think that might be part of it. Um, also, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Christian Slater. I just never have been. He he bumps me. He makes me feel like I'm watching something cheesy, I think. But not in this movie. Holy shit, not in this movie. Really loved him in this movie. There's so many great actors in this movie. Christian Slater, uh, Patricia, Ar Patricia Arquette, um, Michael Rappaport, uh, Bronson uh, how do you, I, uh, I can't remember. I don't even know how to say his name, but Gary Oldman's in here. Dennis Hopper, Christopher Walken, Brad Pitt, Tom Sizemore, Samuel L. Jackson's uh, tiny bit in here. Uh, fucking Soprano, Tony Soprano, James Gandolfini's in here. Um, just a lot of, uh, you know, great characters in this movie. Um, very, uh, just very well told. Just a great movie all around. Highly, highly recommend True Romance. Loved it. It's the best movie that I watched. Non-new movie that I watched last year. All right. Um, really quickly, I want to go over a few other movies that I watched last year that didn't quite make the top 10, but I think on any any other day they might. Um, I watched a movie from 1988, Mississippi Burning, um, about racism and uh, a few civil rights activists get killed in Mississippi and then they, they have to go down there and it, it's really good movie. Oh, sorry, one second. Um, uh, another movie I watched from 2016 uh, called Hush. Um, Hush, directed by Mike Flanagan, who directed a movie that I really love, uh, Gerald's Game. Uh, probably one of my all-time favorites. Uh, Mike Flanagan gave gave his Hush a chance. Uh, really love that movie. Love the way it's told. Um, just great movie. Uh, another movie from 2011, I watched uh, Moneyball. Uh, with uh, starring Brad Pitt. Great movie, Moneyball, very interesting. It popped, uh, much like True Romance, just not quite as great, but popping movie, very fun movie. Uh, another movie from 2012, End of Watch, uh, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, directed by David Ayer, um, great movie. 2015 movie, Cresha, really love that movie, very uh, you know artfully done. Another movie I really appreciate for the sake of how low budget it was and, and what it took to make it. And it's just very inspiring. Loved Cresha. I actually watch a lot of scenes from Cresha when I'm making, you know, I'm working on a short and stuff like that. And I just watch things. Uh, well, Cresha is one of those movies I go to just because it's kind of, you know, at a level that I think I, you know, not, I don't want to say I could pull off cause I'm not going to say that, but you know, it's just independent filmmaking. I love that. Um, I watched uh, also from 2017, I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore, directed by uh, Macom, Bla Macom Blair. Sorry, I don't know if I'm saying his name right now because it feels weird. But, um, you know, he, he's, um, you know, associated with, you know, he's in Green Room, associated with, uh, uh, oh my God, his name's escaping me right now. Who's the director of Green Room? We, we know Green Room, right? We, we know, uh, well, who's the director of Green Room? That is, that is annoying me. He's one of my new favorites, and I can't... Jeremy Sonia, God damn it. Um, you know, he's in Murder Party, uh, Blue Ruin, which he was fucking fantastic in that movie. But yeah, I watched his movie. He directed that movie. Uh, I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. Very fun movie. Um, Elijah Wood was fucking hilarious. 
Um, I watched uh, another ni- a 90s movie, um, Election, from 1999. Really love that movie, too. Just kind of iconic. Great movie. Very fun, funny, poppin'. And then uh, the, the last movie that I marked out uh, for distinction, I guess, um, is One Cut of the Dead. Uh, very, very creative and clever movie. Love this movie. Absolutely love this movie. Um, it's a foreign film. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the director's name. Actually, I am going to try it because it's funny. Shin, Shinichiro Ueda. Way off. But really love this movie. Clever, creative. Very, very, very clever and creative. Uh, the story is insane. Um, starts out with a 30-minute one-take movie. Uh, one-take um scene i guess that's awesome very impressive but yeah those were the best movies that i watched last year um all right thanks for listening until next time peace Gangsta flick, I get gangsta. You top stirring my sci fi, I mean my lightsaber. You top stirring my comedy, that don't bother me. When I'm watching my movie, just don't bother me. When I'm watching the scary movie, don't say. Whoa, 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 that was scary. When we're watching the drama, baby, don't ask. What, 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 what just happened? When we're watching the scary movie, don't say. Whoa, 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 that was scary. When we're watching the drama, baby. Don't ask. What, what, what?